0: Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through help the community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org watershed. Hey, I want to start off tonight by asking a question. Do you know it's not? Let me ask you guys a question. Do you know, do you know who the three highest earning, highest paid celebrities in Hollywood are? All right, here's, according to Forbes magazine, the three highest paid, highest earning celebrities. Do you know who they are? Number one, Floyd Merriweather. Now, you might not know who that is. He's a boxer. Here's the deal. He literally fights like once every two years, and he has earned $285 million for for being really good at hitting somebody in the face. That's the dream. That's the dream. Number two on the list is a great actor. It's this great philanthropist. It's it's a guy that People Magazine has listed two or three times as the best-looking person on the planet because they haven't seen a picture of Rip Pruitt, his name, his name is George Clooney. George Clooney is number two. Yeah, George Clooney, number two. Number three on the list, highest earning celebrities, is Kylie Jenner. Now, let me, let me show my age real quick. I have no idea who she is. Like, I don't understand why she is famous. Like, like I know that she takes pictures of herself on Instagram, and people mimic her. That's it. Like, I, I, know, I know nothing about Kylie Jenner, but she's number three. So that's your top three. Floyd, George Clooney, uh, what's her face? So, it doesn't matter. Uh, here's number five on the list. Number five comes as no surprise. Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. He's number five on the list, and that doesn't surprise me. He's in, he's, he's in every other movie that comes out. Like, I'm telling you, April, April's going to come out. We're going to watch Avengers Endgame together. And the, and the big plot twist is going to be that The Rock is actually Thanos. That's what's going to happen. Number four. You ready for this? Number four on the list absolutely shocked me, floored me. Judy Schindelin. You're all asking who? That's because you don't know her by her last name. You know her as Judge Judy. Oh. Judge Judy is the fourth highest earning, highest paid celebrity. She has made, listen to this, Judge Judy has made $145 million this, this past year. That is about $145 million more than I've made. Here's, here's, what, here's what we know about, about, about this. We love a good judge. Like you, you watch Judge Judy, Judge Joe Brown, Judge Julian, the People's Court. We used to have a station, I don't know if it's still real, but Court TV. Like we literally, you would sit down and like, hey, what's on TV? Court, oh, sounds good. And you would watch that. We love courtroom judge, like we love when, when the judge is right there. We love courtroom drama. We, we love like when the judge grabs that gavel and says, I hold you in contempt. I don't know what that means, but I want the judges to hold them more in contempt. We say, order in the court, guilty, not guilty. I love that. Like I eat it up. I'm like, yes, throw them out. Send them to jail. They deserve it. Like what, what did they do? Like he didn't walk my dog. Sent life in prison. <laughs> judge Judy, do your job. We love it. Here's a story about a corrupt judge. She's a good judge, I'm sure. I'm sure she's never been wrong. Here's a story of a a corrupt one. This guy, like his nickname is Mr. Zero Tolerance. So you know it's going to be good. Sierra Varello is his name. He was a big supporter of harsh sentences for kids, like people your age. Listen to this. He sent thousands of children to a local detention center during his tenure in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania. Here's what the kids did. Here's three examples, of what the kids did. Uh, one, he, he sent an 11-year-old to juvie for almost two years after the kid took his mom's car for a ride down the block. One block gives you two years of juvie. If I'd, I would have at least four years. Uh, here's another one. He sent a 15-year-old to the same detention facility for mocking her assistant principal on MySpace. You guys don't even know what MySpace is. And listen to this one. He gave a 17-year-old, he gave a 17-year-old five months for helping steal DVDs. Right? So so we all nothing that they did was good, right? They're all guilty of something. Do they deserve those harsh sentences? No. But here's here's the part that puts Sierra on this list of corrupt judges. He got kickbacks from the facility he would send these kids to. So he would, he would have these kids go to court. They would have a two minute hearing and then he would send them to this detention center that in turn ended up giving him over a million dollars. A million dollars for sending these kids to court. Hundreds of innocent children were put behind, bar, uh, behind bars. It says that the courts wised up to his plans. They eventually sentenced him to 27 years in prison and over 4,000 of the cases that he saw were overturned. 4,000 kids, previous convictions overturned. Unfortunately, he's not the only corrupt judge out there. There's lots of corrupt judges. There's lots of good judges, but for every Judge Judy, there's a judge, Mr. Zero Tolerance. But tonight we're going to talk about God. We're going to talk about God tonight as, as a sovereign creator, as a sovereign judge. And here's the good news, is that he is the judge and he is good. Here's the hard news for us. Because he's good, he is just. We've been in this series called And, you can see it up on the screen, it's spelled A-N-D. We've been in this series, And, and we've been going through Romans chapter one. And a few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, Jimmy was up here and he was talking to us about identity in Christ. How if our identity is in Christ, then, then uh, we must decrease. That we must decrease, that Jesus might increase that we would get out of, uh, out of his way so he could do in us and through us what he wants to do. Jimmy told us that if our identity is in Christ, we have hope, a hope in Jesus, a hope in what's to come, a hope in eternal life. And Jimmy told us that, that if our identity is in Christ, that we have a calling. That If you're in Christ, you've been created with a purpose in mind. And then last week, Jeff continued in the series and he asked us three beautiful and thought-provoking questions. One, are we a people that praise? Are we a people that praise boldly, expectantly? Are we praying without ceasing? We, we talk about the 610 here. We're inviting you in. Are you actually going to pray with us? The second question he asks is, are, are we a people of faith? Do we put our faith in God? Do we, do we trust him? Do we actually believe what he says? And then the third question, he challenged us to look around the room And he asked, are we a people that sees diversity the same way that he does? And he challenged us to help make this room look more like the kingdom of heaven. This week we're continuing in the series. We're going to continue in in Acts chapter 1 starting in verse 18. So we're going to jump right in. The verses are right behind me. It says this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. So far in this series, we've talked about having our identity in Christ. We've talked about being a people in faith, and tonight we're going to talk about God's wrath. No? No? Because here's the truth. Like, when I have a conversation with somebody, when I'm about to share the gospel with them, here's how it usually goes. I'm like, hey, Chris, how's it going, man? I'm, hey, thanks for meeting me today. I, I know you want me to tell you about God's love for you and his grace and his mercy, and that stuff is good, but I want to talk to you about his wrath and his judgment and that you deserve death. And then they usually go, bye. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? When do we ever start off by talking about God's wrath? We, we don't talk about it. We want to talk about God's love and his grace and his mercy. And those are beautiful, incredible, powerful attributes of God. But we don't talk about wrath. In fact, I, I, I bet if you've been a Christian long enough, and if you haven't been asked this question, you will. The question is, hey, why is the God of the New Testament all about love and the God of the Old Testament all about wrath? If you haven't been asked that question, you will be. And the answer is he's, he's one and the same. The, the, the God of the New Testament, yeah, he's, he's about love, but he's still a jealous God. He's still a, a God of wrath. In the Old Testament, yeah, he's a God of wrath, but he's a God of love. Asked the Israelites, the people who saw the promised land, he, he showed them grace and mercy. No, the, the God of the old testament is the god of the new testament It's the same god from from genesis to revelation but to understand the fullness of his love we have to understand the fullness of his wrath you see the issue is this the, the issue is we don't think it's talking about us we don't think it's talking about you and me we have this idea, we're good with his wrath. We're good with God casting his judgment on people who deserve it. We're good with, with his judgment on people who we have deemed as evil. When it comes to ISIS and terrorist groups, we say, God, absolutely judge them. When it comes to these hate groups, these people who, who have these hate crimes, like, God, show them your wrath. When it comes to people who have wronged us, we say, God, have your way with them. We want God to judge them. We don't want him to judge us. And the truth is, if we're honest and if we read this text, the truth is we deserve his judgment and we deserve his wrath because we are broken because of sin. We we deserve death. And because of that, We need Jesus. But my first truth tonight is this. We deserve God's wrath because of our unrighteousness. Our unrighteousness is caused by, as a result of sin, sin being defined as any want of conformity unto or transgression of the laws of God. Sin is us taking offense to God's law. It's us saying that our way is better than your way, God is us turning our back to God. And the problem is when we do that, when we turn our back to God, when we say our way is better, we are blinded to what God is trying to show us, to what he reveals to us. We're blinded to the truth. We're blinded from God. Let me read Romans 1, 18 through 20 again. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they, talking about you and me, are without excuse. You see, Paul tells us that that sin, our unrighteousness, it suppresses the truth. We, We push the truth down. And what happens inevitably when we push the truth down, lies creep up. We begin to deceive ourselves. We, we begin to miss what God has put right in front of us. Paul tells us about our sin, that our, that our unrighteousness literally blinds us from what God is showing us. It blinds us from the creation that God created from the beginning. We are blinded to, to the amazing, awestruck wonder of what God has created for you and for me to show us his glory. Paul touches on on this thing that we call general revelation. God revealing himself through creation. Because God is sovereign through creation from the beginning to the end. He is sovereign in creation. Listen to what R.C. Sproul says regarding us in general revelation, the late theologian. He says this, The Bible says that the whole earth is full of the glory of God. Sadly, we often miss the very glory that surrounds us. We tend to live on the surface of things. We are asleep to the wonder and awe that God provides in his glorious creation. We have tuned out. We are out of touch. See, R.C. Sproul is absolutely right. Paul is absolutely right. We absolutely miss God's beautiful wonder. We miss his glory because of sin, because of the fact that we are wrapped up in ourselves. We are blinded. Because we are wrapped up in ourselves. Romans 1, through 25. For although they knew, they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever, amen. You see, we've, we've become so wrapped up in our sin, we don't realize that we are worshiping ourselves. Today, we, we call that modern day humanism. Scripture calls it idolatry. We, we worship ourselves, we worship our, our achievements, what we have done. We, we worship our intellect, our grades, our test scores, what school we're going to. We worship our looks, uh, the way we look in front of a mirror, the way we look filtered or unfiltered on Snapchat or Instagram. We worship at the altar of ourselves and it's blinding us from God's glory. It's blinding us from his creation, is blinding us from his truth, is blinding us from his love, and ultimately, it is blinding us from his judgment. Because we worship ourselves and we think we're so good, we don't think we deserve his wrath. We don't think we deserve his judgment. We think we're good. But if sin is is going against God's law, I'm gonna show you through the 10 commandments how we all fall short of the glory of God. You see, the the first commandment, God says you should have no other gods before me, but we choose our phones before we choose God. We love our phone more than God. Like if you looked at your screen time, how much screen time you're you're going through each day, I bet it's like five hours. Have you spent even five minutes with God? No, you haven't, so you're guilty. The the, the second one, God says to not carve out images, yet we discussed just now that we worship ourselves. We've carved out an image of ourselves. So for that, we are guilty. God says, do not use my name in vain. Yet when we talk to our friends, when we talk to people, we throw out his name in profanity as if his name is anything less than I am. Guilty. God says, honor the Sabbath. We say, you're not worthy of a day. I'm not giving you a day to praise you, to worship you, to thank you. We don't do that. Guilty. God says, honor your parents. Daily, I bet we lie to them, we deceive them, we fight them, we think we're better than them. We are guilty. Do not murder. We're good there, I think. I think if you're not, don't tell me. So we're good with that one, except for Jesus and and Matthew tells us that if you're even angry at your brother, you're liable to judgment. Do not commit adultery. Jesus says if you lust over someone, you are guilty. Do not bear false witness. How many of us gossip? How many of us talk behind our friend's back? Guilty. Do not steal. And I bet all of us in here have cheated on the test once. Guilty. Do not, do not covet your neighbor. Yeah, how often do we look at our peers, our friends, our neighbors and say, if I had what they had, if I had that much money, if I had that car, if I had their life, if I had their family, things would be better. As if what God has given us isn't enough. Guilty. See, here's the thing. God is is sovereign as creator. He created man. He, He created us in his image. He created everything around us. He's also sovereign as judge. And whether you like it or not, you are guilty. And because you are guilty, you deserve his wrath. You deserve his judgment. But in God's sovereignty, but in God's sovereignty, he had a plan. And here's my last truth. We deserve his wrath, but he gives us Jesus. You see, because in his sovereignty, his plan's name was Jesus. So he sent his son to not just simply die on the cross for you, but to take on the fullness of the wrath that you deserve, that I deserve, so that we may be seen as righteous. Like Randy said this morning, so that we may be seen as perfect. God is good and he is just and we deserve death, but he loves us too much. And so while we deserve his wrath, he gives us Jesus. Through Jesus and our belief in Jesus, we are made perfect. We don't owe him anything. There's nothing that we need to do. We can't be good enough. No, no, God says, don't don't worry about it. I've got this. You deserve wrath. I'm going to give you Jesus. You, you deserve judgment. I'm going to give you love and grace and mercy. I just need you to believe. I need you to put your faith in me, your trust in me. I need you to surrender your life to me. And I realize that, that, that today we'll, we'll leave here and we'll walk outside these doors and, and we'll say, we'll, we'll go outside and we're not going to be amazed at the sunset We're not gonna be amazed at at, at the sky. We're not gonna be amazed at the trees. We're not gonna be amazed that the person that we're walking outside with is an image bearer of God, created by God. We're not gonna be amazed by that. But I hope and I pray that you are amazed by this truth, that you deserve death, you deserve God's judgment, you deserve God's wrath. But for those who believe in Jesus, he gives us his grace and his mercy and eternal life with him. If you're in here tonight and, and that's not stirring anything in you, if you're in here tonight, you're saying, Emilio, I hear you, but I'm good. I'm fine, I'm, I'm good with these blinders. I'm, I'm good with this life that I'm living. That's fine, but let me just remind you that God is good and he is just. And if tonight you're in here and maybe something is stirring in you for the first time, maybe you hear that and you are amazed at the fact that God sent his son, Jesus, to die for you, to take on the fullness of the wrath that you deserve. If you're in here tonight and that is you, here's my prayer is that when we close, when I pray that you would surrender yourself to him and that you would give yourself up to the one who gave up his son for you. God is good and he is sovereign as creator He is sovereign as our judge. And while we deserve his wrath, he gives us Jesus instead. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight, for your word, for what you have done. Thank you for your son, Jesus, whom you sent to die for us and to to take on the fullness of your wrath so that we may be wrapped, not in ourselves, but in your righteousness. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you have done. As your name we pray, amen.